Thank you so much, Chris, for joining the We Don't Play podcast show today. How are you? I am phenomenal. How are you today, Faber? I'm excited to be here. Thank you for asking me to be here. Yeah, anytime. I had to bring you on here because you're killing it on social audio platforms. And I'm like, this community got to hear it. You know, if they're not there, they got to find you. So I was like, let me bring her to, you know, the place where everybody is that they're probably not on Clubhouse. And, you know, you can be on a podcast listening and the things that you're going to tell them, I know for a fact will change your life and just give them some perspective to think differently from how you, you know, do things and conduct business as well. Sure. So I come from the garage door industry, which Google feels is the slimiest industry online. (laughs) And I grew that company from zero to 1.6 million over a 13 year period. It wasn't easy. Everything was done on a shoestring budget with very little money or no money at all. So I had to find ways to um, grow the business. I obviously did because it went to 1.6 million before I left and I left actually almost exactly two years ago. And um, it was, I loved the industry, I loved the business and I loved our customers and everything about it. But sometimes circumstances change and you have to move on and that was my time to move on. So. Since then, um, I, a friend of mine, I'm not sure if you know who Tim Vasquez is, but um, I've networked with him for many, many years and always learned so much from him. He started going on Clubhouse. Now, I know Clubhouse has been around for a long time, but Clubhouse to me reminded me of a sports talk radio. Now, let's just say I am a huge, huge football fan but I can't sit and listen to sports talk radio. I don't know, it just turns me off. Talk radio just turns me off, right? But he convinced me to come on the show and we were talking about Google Business Profile. At the time it was Google My Business. And it was like, mm, it's kind of fun. You know, we were on there for, I don't know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that, just chatting and started growing a business. And that's where I le- met Lenny Rao. So I met Lenny through um, Tim and uh, we all hit it off and I used to tease them that, you know, they were all the black hat kind of guys and I'm the white hat girl and I would keep them all straight because, you know, Tim loves and Lenny loves that black hat kind of stuff. Um, Of course, Lenny's kind of backed off a lot of that, but Tim likes to dabble in it and play with it and see what he can push to make things that happen, right? And so then Tim uh, found, uh, was offered a really good position with a local um, restaurateur and uh, he decided to take that. So during that time, Lenny and I kept doing the room and Alicia happened to come into that room. And the next thing you know, it's, it's uh, the uh, three musketeers, I guess. Um, we all just hit it off. We support each other. And we have, um, it's been almost a year. October is our anniversary date. It's almost been a year that we've been together and we have grown that club to over 1,200 members in a year. Wow. That is a big achievement. It's, it's kind of like 100 members a month. That's like a threshold. I know. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's kind of mind boggling, you know, to 
to even think about we have that many followers in in our room but every thursday faithfully at 10 a.m central time we show up all three of us show up and occasionally we have to miss one of us has to miss because they're sick or something happened but um there's always two others there to pick up the pieces and one time i had to pick up the pieces and do it on my own but it was fine um but every thursday from 10 until 11:30 a.m we are always there and then the third thursday of every month we bring in a special guest and we brought in joy hawkins we brought in darren shaw we brought in jason brown uh we brought in some uh C- curtis boyd um, i know you know who curtis is and um we brought in some big names that are all about google business profile and uh we've got even more coming so pretty excited about that amazing amazing now when i'm hearing this i'm thinking about marketing and i'm thinking about small business growth because small businesses are on google business profile but that's not where it ends some people think okay if i connect my website to the search console i'm okay and then if i sign up with google business profile and i connect it then google will figure the rest out why do you think people think like that <laughs> because they're one and done they they just assume it's a google product they're going to get something from it um you can but you got to put a little effort into it not a lot of effort like some of the marketing and some of the seo things that you need to do uh but a lot of people one and done let's be easy check it off my list let's move on that's why i think people think that way and they think that way because it's a google product so they just assume right and we all know what assume means that it's automatically going to pick them up and honestly you do have to pay attention to it but it's not a lot of time stuck or time constraint to do it it's very we create a very simple way for you guys to do it beautiful now google business profile small business growth that is a major topic in today's world especially after the pandemic you know a lot of business owners started emerging from everywhere and this person has a business this person has a business now what are the basic essentials for people who have this business after registered and all they've done all the legal paperwork and everything is good now they're coming to online you know activities what are the basic fundamental practices they should keep in mind even if they don't have an SEO expert on the side or someone that's helping them what are the things that are basically fundamental for them to know well the most important thing is to optimize it and what does the that mean we say that a lot in our room you need to optimize your profile but what does that really mean so there are many sections in there that you can fill out some of the biggest missed sections is the description of your business and adding keywords to the description of the business how do you think google's going to find you they're not going to find you just by your name you've got to give them information to be able to find you so whatever your whether you're a plumber or garage door company it doesn't matter it doesn't it, you could be a realtor or a notary uh, it doesn't really matter what your business is you just need to make sure that you fill out every section that's possible there the other thing that's missed a lot is the date that you opened why is that important some people think oh who cares well when you show the date that your business is opened 
and that you have lots of reviews and you have lots of information on there, people will feel a little bit more comfortable with doing business with you. If you've only been open for a little while, that's okay. Just keep posting information about your business, about what you do. Your, I always recommend people take the top 10 questions that your clients ask you and write posts about them. So, and how often do you post? So this kind of leads into a lot of different areas, but everybody has their own idea. I have found that, and we tested this with Lenny in the very beginning a year ago when we first met, he was posting every single day for all of his clients. And I said, you're actually hurting their businesses. Posting every day does not help. Two to three times max is what you need to do. And I said, and if you don't believe me, test it. And he did. And he found out that his ratings went up a lot higher when he posted two to three times a week rather than every single day. And I mean every single day, meaning seven days a week, Monday through Sunday. Whoa. Now, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a great point you've brought up because when people charge for these services, they're charging for their time. So would you say that he had to lower his prices because he was posting less or increase his prices because he was adding more quality? I don't know what he did, to be honest with you, but you know, it depends on what you're doing for your client or your yeah. customer, right? So I have several clients that all I do is just posting for them. I mean, we've already optimized it when I took them on as a client. Right. Uh, you know, and I've always encouraged the reviews. We both know how important reviews are. Yeah. Um, and, and, and with that being said, I also want to say, you know, with Alicia being the review queen, the biggest mistake I see business owners with reviews is they don't answer them. They don't reply. And here's another nugget. Don't just say, thank you for the five-star review. You're missing a golden opportunity to let your um, ability shine about who you are as a business owner. Repeat what the client said. Use a few keywords in, in the replies. Now, we all know that using keywords in the replies don't help for Google search. However, they help when people are searching for a particular item in your business. So let's say you're an auto shop and the person said that did a great job, you know, fixing my car and um, they were very thorough and they sent me text messages and so on and so forth. I just kind of reiterate, I'm so happy that our ASC certified technicians were on top of what needed to be done to fix your car. Do you see how I'm using all these keywords in a very nice sentence? And I usually use two, three, four, five sentences. I make a long post to reply. Why? Because people who are searching that business are reading those replies. So if, if you were looking at a business and one said, thank you for a five-star review, and then one said, thank you about exactly how I was doing, where would you go? You definitely go to the one that has more context. Exactly. Because you're going to feel more confident that they know what they're doing and what their business is all about. That's not to say that the first one is just as good, maybe better. I don't know. 
but it's all in how you portray your business and how do you want the general public to look at it. The hardest thing for a business owner, and I tell this a lot in our clubhouse room, and I even have to do it myself when I ran that other company. You, as a business owner, have to step out of your business owner hat and look at it as a consumer. Hmm. When you're searching other businesses that you want to purchase from or do something with or whatever the case may be, you're looking at it as a consumer. You have to look at your own business as a consumer. That's the biggest tip I can give anybody because we tend to use too much of our business hat instead of our consumer hat in replying to reviews and putting things out there. Thank you so much for that comprehensive analysis because it's now helping people think about it like, oh, I didn't respond. You know, even when you get like a two, three star review, some people want to like, like, oh, no, this is bad for business. But there's a reason why they did that. And sometimes some people get it and it's spam. So how, how do they manage that? You know, do they report it? Do they reply to it? What's the best way for them to go around something like that PR wise? Honestly, you'll never get it taken down. Uh, I should say never. It is rare that Google will take that post down. You may have deserved it. You may not have deserved it. If you can prove that it was fake, then you can send that to Google with the proof. And more than likely, they will remove it. But for the most part, it's hard for a consumer to prove that it's a, or the business owner, that it's a bad review. Honestly, I tell my clients, welcome them bad reviews welcome be excited about them why because who in this world is perfect nobody mm. absolutely nobody I'll give you an example so I have an Etsy store and I sell um, high-end quality quilting fabric and I try to do the best that I can and yesterday and I nobody on Etsy answers the reviews but I do because I know how important it is right I got a two-star review, but her review was beautiful fabric, beautiful this, love that, love this, but I got a two-star review. And I was so confused. I really was so confused. I was like, okay. So the review I wrote is, thank you so much for taking the time to review me. I would love to know how I could have done a better job for you. Please message me because this will help me learn not to repeat the bad behavior. So what that does is it tells whoever's looking at these reviews that you're actually trying to correct the problem. But you and I, I both know favor that there are people in this world, no matter what you do to make them happy, no matter what, they're still not happy. Yeah. And you can't control that. You can only answer that in a positive way. Again, I have a skating rink and he used to get so mad sometimes with people with some of these reviews and I would always tell him, let me answer because you're too much of a hothead. You're going to get angry mm. and then other people are going to see that. So let me answer them for you in an even tone, like let me know how we could have done a better job. The only way a business can learn is if they know how to do it better. And sometimes things can be changed and yeah. sometimes they can't. 
But if we don't know what we're doing wrong, how do we fix that? So true. So, so true. I love that you've given those examples because now it makes people feel like it's not a dent in their business because they're like, oh, one, two, three star. We don't do that. But you have like a bunch of five stars and nobody really cares because they're like, oh, okay, five stars, good. They also look at the months because they're like, if you're doing business and you your latest review is in January, then they'll be wondering, where are you? Why are they crickets? <laughs> you know? And some people also ask, hey, could you leave a review? And they don't leave a review, even though they give them good customer service. So there's so many moving parts that people have to think about when they're handling this type of customers because you don't want them to be forced and then they go ahead and give you a one-star review because you forced them to. So that's right. That's the right. Thing. Yeah. You know, I was reading an article yesterday and the sweet spot for reviews that are believable by customers, if they believe that you have and you have posted only 5.05 star reviews, they don't believe you. Mm. The the sweet spot is 4.5 to 4.8. So don't get so stressed over a one-star review. We're not perfect. Maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you didn't. But reply. Reply to that one-star, two-star review. It's not going to hurt you. And like I told my skating client, you've got to take yourself out of the picture. Anybody else that's coming to your uh, Google business profile or any kind of other reviews out there that's what they're looking for they're looking for the imperfection and if you reply in a positive manner then they're gonna say oh that customer is just a knucklehead right or or they're gonna say man that business owner really doesn't know what they're doing because I know you and I both have seen some replies from business owners that attack the customers right and then that's also going to shoot people away right you want to be friendly kind hear me kind okay with your review you may not agree with it but but it doesn't matter what's Mm. the general public think so true so so true thank you so much this has been very helpful a lot of people are going to look back and they're like, okay, even if I haven't responded all year, let me start today. <laughs> and at least better late than never, you know. And I'm also thinking too, for the audience, you know, wondering, do they get, like, let's say I, a business leaves a review. Do they get that review response in their email? How does it work? Just give us like a rundown so that even the person that knows that they've got a reply can be able to see it and maybe acknowledge it too. Yeah, it depends. I mean, a lot of people have a lot of different interviews, but or interviews, uh, uh, reviews, but or I should say email addresses. Emails, you know, I've got several, like I mentioned earlier before we started. So whatever that email is hooked up with your Google business profile is where that's going to go. And yes, everyone gets notified. But if check your your spam mail, it could go to spam mail. You want to make sure that you answer that review within 24 hours. They come across my phone all the time. And the minute they come across my phone, if I'm not in the middle of something, I answer them for all my clients. Is that inconvenient? Maybe, maybe not. I'd rather take care of it right then and there within. Now, remember, when you reply to the review, the person who wrote the review will get an email as well. 
So you may not want to stir something up and be ugly on the review mm -hmm. because they may come back and say some other things that you really don't want them to say. But everybody gets notified when the reviews get responded to. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I as well as when they first come in. So for me to take that two, three minutes, five minutes max to respond to that review right then and there, that's checked off my list. I don't have to worry about going back to it. Right. Exactly. No, that that is a gem right there. That's a marketing gem you just dropped. Thank you for that. You know, another thing I wanted to bring to your attention was websites. You know, I've done a lot of social listening and I'm seeing a lot of people say that you need a website, but you don't really need a website if you want to make money or boost your traffic or your SEO, quote unquote. How would you respond to that? I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Everyone, if you have a business, you need to have a website. It's plain and simple. I don't know why people say that. Can you in the short term? Sure, you can in the short term. And even Google has a website for you, but you're so limited in what you can do on it. You have no control. Why would you want to give somebody else control of your business? You have control of your own website. If you don't know how to build it, find somebody who does. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It could be just simple homepage, about page, and a service page or a product page, whatever. I mean, start small and expand. But this craziness of you don't need a website is hogwash, in my personal opinion. Yeah, thank you for that. I wanted somebody else to say it <laughs> because it's so annoying and i'm like how do you scale if you don't have a site how do you how you found on google search if someone searches for your business they're going to see a profile but they will not see your website it's kind of it's finicky. it's sketchy yeah it's sketchy let's just put put the word out there it's sketchy okay you got a google business profile but you don't have a website why okay are you trying to scam me I mean, these are things that people are going to think about, you yeah. know, okay, go build a landing page, right? Go build a landing page. At least you have something, but a website to me is the most important thing that any business can put together. And that website should have been done before Google business profile was even thought about personally. True. <laughs> so true. So, so true. I agree with that hundred percent. You know, I don't need to interrupt you, but favor, I just want to add, they work together, okay? Yeah. Google Business Profile and your website and Pinterest work together, okay? Mm -hmm. If you don't have one of those components, you're not going to be real successful. Or maybe you will temporarily, but are you, do you want a temporary business or you want a long-term business? That's really the question to ask that's true even with pinterest you need to claim your website that's one of the mandatory requirements for you to be validated so you can't yeah. run away from a website you you need one but people are like no i don't need it i don't really need it but the moment you need it and people ask you for you know contacts <laughs> that's when you're like okay i need yeah. to hire somebody <laughs> yeah and for a lot of people, it solidifies that you're a legitimate business. Now, you might be a perfectly legitimate business before that. Mm -hmm. But again, 
you have to take your business hat off, okay, and think like a consumer. And that's where I think a lot of business owners struggle because they don't take that business hat off and think as a consumer. They only think about me, 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 right? And if you're going to be successful, it doesn't matter if it's a product or a service. It really doesn't matter. But what are customers searching for out there? And if you don't show up in your only word of mouth, that word of mouth eventually ends. Eventually. True. So, so true. I'm going to ask you a spin-off question before we go. Okay. Is there any book that someone can buy today from Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever they get their books about marketing that you could advise them on and why? So the book that I, first book that I ever, uh, I shouldn't say ever read, but when I first got into business, somebody recommended me to read The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. I feel every business owner needs to read that book. It was and is one of the best books for you to put all the pieces of the pie together. When you're new in business, and I was new in business in 2007, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. Um, I didn't know how to run a business. Sure, I worked in businesses, but I don't know how to run it. I knew certain things, you know. But I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to build a business. I didn't know how to network. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. And somebody recommended that book. Now, I'm not a ferocious reader like some people are. I have an astigmatism, so it takes me a little longer to read books. But And I kept setting it down. And partly because it kind of bounces back and forth between stories. But when you get about to the middle Part, it's amazing to me how many light bulbs went off for me like it connected the dots like no other book has ever connected the dots for me and that's partly why I was able to go from zero to 1.6 million in that business because I followed what they recommended was it a challenge of course it was I'm still operating the business, I'm still answering phones, I'm still doing everything that I'm doing, plus I'm adding this other part of what they recommend. It really teaches you who the manager is, who the entrepreneur is, and who the um, technician is. Those are the three main characters in any business, and those are the three main characters in that book. Which one are you? So I could see the person that I was with and running his business, who he was, and I knew who I was and why we would butt heads. Many times it's the same person that's all three of those. And what do you do? So for me, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber was one of the best books that I read. And I've read many and I listened to probably more of them on tape. but. I have that book highlighted, circled, all kinds of um, notes in there, and that truly put me as a real small business because I had uh, some, I put so many procedures in place and all the things a small business should do that doesn't do, that's what that book helped me do. Wow. I'm glad I asked that question. That came to me. It was not even part of my questions today, but 
once we started talking about that i said they may need to get some insight on some things to validate what they're doing and then hearing you again and listening to those steps so that they can actually have a roadmap to work with and not just stick spaghetti on a wall and try to figure out if it sticks yeah well i think a lot of us do that when we start our business we know we know what we want to do we love our product we love our service whatever it may be but then there's not a lot of other knowledge that you know about, right? And right. so I, I know when we first opened the first year, <clears throat> I did a lot of dumb things, stupid things, waste of time things. And, you know, I put door knockers on doors and knocked on doors. And, you know, I wasted a lot of time and a lot of energy doing that. And when I read that book, it was like, oh my God, there's such a better way, right? So um, I learned a lot from that book, and anybody ever asks me, that's the first book out of my mouth that I think people should read. Awesome. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yes, I 100% agree with that. And I'll go ahead and possibly find it on Amazon and put it in the description. But if you have an affiliate link or anything of that sort, please let me know. I don't. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. I I just feel it is one of the more powerful books that could really put some pieces in place that you may be questioning and not sure what to do. Mm, so true. So, so true. Thank you so much for that. If there's one thing that you want to leave with the audience, what would it be on today's conversation, especially for small business owners? So Brian Dodge, many, many years ago, he is a sales trainer and, um, He's written several books and he used to come to one of the networking groups at least once a year and talk and uh, have a conversation with everybody and teach people something. And the thing that has stuck with me the most, and I say this in our clubhouse room and I say this when I speak, when I go to groups and I speak, the last thing I always say to people is take one thing that you learned today, just one, not 10 that you wrote down, but take the most important thing that you learned today and implement it within the next 24 to 48 hours. I have found when I implement something I learned from a conference or learned from somebody talking to or networking or whatever, what I have found that when I implement that one item within the 24 to 48 hours, it's amazing how your business will grow. I'm not saying you have to finish it in 24 to 48 hours. You have to start it. Because if you don't start and you put it on your to-do list, I promise you it will stay on that to-do list forever. So the key is starting whatever it is that you learn within the next 24 to 48 hours and watch your business blossom. That's how I grew the garage door company. I was an implementer. You have to be an implementer if you're a small business. So true. Thank you so much, Chris, for being here today, just shedding this light and being a beacon of light, you know, to people who have lost their way, you know, when it comes to business growth and they're like, we don't know who to listen to, but you've really broken it down for the somebody who has never heard marketing before or terms before, and now they have something to work with. So I really appreciate you for that. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You know, during my journey in the garage door business, I had many people who helped me and offered me advice and suggestions and links and different things to do. And, you know, 
I love helping small business. I'm all about small business. So if you want to reach out to me, reach out to me. If not, that's okay too. But it was always paid forward to me, and that's what I want to do for all small business, pay forward to them. Because we struggle. We don't have anybody to go to. We don't know who to go to. We don't know who to trust. Mm. And, you know, I just want to share my knowledge with the public to hopefully help them um, get over the fear and go after their dreams. 100%. That is so true. And if there's any way they can connect with you, what are the options they have that are available? Well, probably the easiest way, you know, talk about website. I have one, but I haven't built it. You know, aren't we terrible? We do everything for everybody else, right? Right. Um, but I haven't built mine yet. And um, that's on the goal list for 2022. I got it. I only have a couple months left, right? But um, they can reach me by email at k-o-m-g-e-m-z at gmail.com. Uh, Chris O'Connor Marketing Gems at gmail.com is basically what that stands for. Um, or they can call me on my cell phone. It's 214-577-2112 and leave me a message. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. You have been amazing today and I wish you have a blessed rest of your day and I'll definitely look forward to bringing you back. Thank you so much. I would love to come back. And, and I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. I love talking small business and how I can help people. So anytime, any, almost any place. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'll definitely speak with you soon. Thank you so much.